You are listening to the WPPI Podcast, and I am your host, Elena S. Blair. I am a Seattle-based family and newborn photographer, and I've been in the biz for 13 years. I attended my first WPPI conference 11 years ago, and I can say without a doubt that it changed my art, my business, and my life. I wholeheartedly believe in community over competition and know that I grew my community because of WPPI. We are going to bring you real conversations with industry experts to share their journey, passion, and knowledge with you. And of course, to share their WPPI story. Thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. All right. Well, today we have the one and only Vanessa Joy. I know that when I realized that I was going to get to talk to you today. I felt a little bit nervous because I'm like, God, Vanessa Joy is like a legend in our industry. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even know. No. Some of the people I've met at WPPI, however, have been legends. I can't can't bring myself to think of myself in that status at all. So don't be nervous. I'm more nervous. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm really excited just to hear, I think, you know, a little more of the personal side of of who you are and how you got to where you are. I think that's something that is so interesting for for all of us. And for those of you that don't know of Vanessa, she has won countless awards. I mean, literally countless. You have 23 years plus experience as a photographer, which seems impossible. So you must have started as a child. She is (laughs) a canon explorer of light. She has written for and does write for some of the top publications in our industry. Her Instagram and YouTube following is is off the charts, an author of han- of a handful of books, sponsorships and partnerships that are a mile long, so many incredible accolades. But I want to hear about how you started. Like what? I mean, 23 years, it seems impossible, like I said, for I mean, how young you are. I have to say, <laughs> technically, I'm not counting the years I started as a child because my mother was a photographer and I knew how to set up studio lights when I was probably like 10. <laughs> but I don't count that. I ah. count from the first time I got paid to take okay. photographs, which were headshots actually. And I was 14 or 15 or something like that. But the first time I photographed weddings, which was more of the real money, real career starter, was 21 years ago. It was right out of high school. Wow. So you took this path right out of high school. You didn't do what a lot of us do and take the safe job first and, you know, safe in quotes, no, I'm saying, by the way. No, that's not true. I thought I had to get a real job. So it went like this. I was in high school. I took a photography class. I wasn't actually interested in photography at the time, but my mother was sitting next to me while I was choosing the class for an elective for my sophomore year of high school. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll take photography. She'll be happy. Maybe she'll get me ice cream later. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> I decided to take photography. And it was black and white darkroom. And I fell in love. I mean, my teachers would fight with each other because I would keep skipping classes after photography to stay in the darkroom. And like, you know, the photography teacher would write them notes. Oh, she was here. And then they would start fighting. Well, she needs to be in AP English, not in photography. Well, they were wrong. <laughs> Yeah, little did they know that that wouldn't serve you. (laughs) Right, right. Although AP English did, you know, four books later. But anyway, so my mother was an example of a photographer. And then my high school photography teacher did weddings on the weekends. And in my head, and this is just going to date it, you know, it was literally not pre-internet, but definitely pre-all social media and pre-most businesses having a website. So my only examples were really a stay-at-home mom that did photography on the side and then 
a high school photography teacher that did weddings on the weekends, but his real job was to be a teacher. So I had to get a real job and I went to school and I did get a degree in photography. I have five college degrees, long story. Did five degrees in five years. Yes. (laughs) That sounds insane. I worked the system. (laughs) I should write a book on that. But I thought I had to get a real job and I became a Spanish teacher. And I did weddings on the weekends while I had my amazing health insurance through through being a teacher. And I thought that's what I had to do. And then I got so busy, I had to quit teaching like the middle of the year. They were very upset with me. <laughs> Isn't that interesting though, that like we, we will mirror what we see, especially when you're that age. Like you, you're, mm-hmm. you did exactly what you had seen for, as an example, I'm going to be a teacher and then I'm going to do weddings on the weekends. It's it's interesting. Right. Yeah. Very uncreative of me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think it happens to most of us. And that story, I think, will resonate with a lot of people as well. Maybe some of you that are listening where you're doing this as this side hustle and you think, well, this is great. I'm going to make some money. For me, it was I was a nurse and I was like, well, I'll make some money to buy new gear. That'll be great. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, you're making more money as a photographer. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and you're busier. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. If you're doing it right, of course. <laughs> of course, if you're doing it right. Totally. Well, that's kind of inspiring or very inspiring, I guess, that you were able to quit in the beginning. Why do you think that you did it right? What was it about your process? You know, I had such support, first of all. I had my photography teacher that was there for me, and I learned a lot through working for his business for five years, which is, oh my gosh, if I could recommend everyone to not go to college and just take some internship for a few years with somebody else, that's absolutely what I would do no college. I told my kids, like, you're not allowed to go to college. You can go apprentice for somebody. (laughs) It's going to be much less expensive. It'll be a better experience. But I had that Mm -hmm. support. You know, I saw what a business looked like, how it ran, how to market. I marketed for him. I made mistakes on his business that most people would make on their own um, reputation, you know, when you first start. So I had that. And then I had conferences. I have been going to photo conferences since high school. And I've always been obsessed with them. So I have been learning from other photographers since I was 15 years old. And you just can't beat that. I mean, of course, I've learned online as well, but nothing comes close to in-person. So I had business skills. I had uh, somebody that was close to me. And then I met a lot of people that helped me along the way too. Awesome. And I think that that can just lead to exactly what I was going to ask you next is how did you start going to WPPI? Because as you know, this is the WPPI podcast and we're going to talk about (laughs) that conference. And I know that so many of us that go have a soft spot in our heart for it. So what was your story? Well, my first photo conference, it was a high school photography trip that photography teacher took us to. It was actually Photo Plus, which most of you know, WPPI owns Photo Plus as well now. So I had gone there because that was closer. I grew up in New Jersey and that was just in New York. So we went there. And then once you go to one, you get this bug because it's like walking through a candy shop. Like the aisles of the trade show is just all of your favorite things and cameras and lenses and camera bags and straps and lights and props. And it's so much fun. And of course, you're learning as well. And I had gone to a couple of other conferences, but I had always heard about WPPI. And my first year, I'm pretty sure it was 2010. And it was like, it was crazy. I don't think I blinked the entire time. It was 15,000 people. We were 
at the MGM and I remember like you had to get in line early, otherwise you were not getting a seat in that class. I saw all these people that I had followed online and it was so inspiring. And then there was the nighttime, which was when you got to meet all of your would-be best friends and go out to all these nightclubs because it is in Vegas (laughs) and you have a lot of fun. I did not mm-hmm. realize, however, they're doing parties at Hakkasan that year. I didn't realize I had to get there early, too. I couldn't even get in. And, I mean, 13,000 photographers just, like, taking over Vegas. It's incredible. I mean, I could go on and on for stories about it. And then I think the first year I spoke was, maybe it was, like, 2013 or 2014. I don't totally remember. It must have been 2013 because it was definitely before I had my little girl. And I just, you can't like stop me from going to WPPI. It's just, you get to see all of your friends. You learn a lot and you have a lot of fun. The fun part is, I think, something that was uh, very surprising to a lot of new members or new attendees. I definitely was so exhausted after my first year at WPPI. I could not explain that exhaustion. It was like Mm -hmm. 2 a.m. And then you have to also be at your 8 a.m. class and you're not going to miss your class. So you're going to stay up all night having fun. And yeah, it's part of it though. And I think some of the connections that you make happen at the parties too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, lifelong connections. When I look back at 2010, I met what are now some of the closest people to me in the photography industry today. And, you know, those types of relationships last forever, but not even just like, yay, friendships and my photo buddies, but also people at Canon now that I'm a Canon Explorer of Light, which was a lifelong dream of mine, but it didn't come from emailing people or, you know, I don't know, being awesome on Instagram. It came from meeting people and showing my face and creating a network. Yep, that's how I met my Canon person as well. I'm not an explorer of light, but I have a, I do speak on their behalf sometimes. And I finally met the right person. And I've told him, hey, I've emailed you like 500 times, just so you know. And he kind of, <laughs> he kind of giggled, but it's, it's because in person, you make that face to face contact and it changes mm-hmm. everything. It changes everything. It does. <laughs> well, I guess that you kind of answered this, but could you say, other than the EOL connection, that WPPI really has helped? bring you to where you are today directly? It has. It has. I'm thinking in my head right now of the classes that I went to. I remember going to one with Sal Sankata on pricing. And I took that pricing structure and applied it to my business. I have not looked back since. It was so great. I definitely remember being really inspired by Jasmine Starr, when I saw her there, just understanding her way of relating to clients and understanding marketing. And then I remember seeing David Jay, and I'm pretty sure he's the one that gave me the most influential piece of business advice that I now pass on to other people when I teach, that every time you book your highest package, you raise your prices because they would have paid you more. And As of yesterday, I raised my prices yet again, and I have not lost that piece of advice. And now it's, I think, one of the big reasons that I'm as successful as I am in photography, not even the whole speaking thing is another thing, but as my photography business, Vanessa Joy Photography, has so much to do with all those little tidbits I've taken home over the years. That is good advice. I don't know if I've ever heard that before, but that it's great advice, actually. So- Mm -hmm. I want to ask about that piece. So I think that a lot of people think, you know, those of us that become educators, they wonder like, well, are they still working photographers? 
you know, can they, are they still in it with us? And you very much are, right? Your wedding photography oh, business yes. is, is very busy. Yeah. We photographed 26 weddings last year. I mean, countless headshot sessions, portraits. I always saw that and I had that opinion when I was learning. I didn't want to learn at least business. You can learn photography from someone who's not like an active photographer, I guess is the term. Mm -hmm. You could learn photography techniques all day long, but there's no way I'm going to take business advice from somebody who's not actually in it, you know? So when I started teaching, that was one thing I always said is, I have to be relevant. I can't tell people how to market to get new couples in the door when I'm not marketing to get new couples in the door. You become very relevant very fast. Totally. And it changes so quickly right now. It's, oh, very much. It's a, yeah. The marketing you know, strategies that we use, obviously there's the foundations, but what's happening in real time changes a lot. So I agree with yeah. you. I think that there's a lot of people who are very talented teachers and can teach the art of photography, but to teach about business, you've got to be in it. You have to. Very much so. Actually, that's what I'm talking about this year at WPPI. This is the first year I think I'm not teaching anything having to do with holding a camera. I'm teaching all about social media and how to get out there. And if you ever look Vanessa up, which you should after this, you have a massive social media following on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah, that's what can you tell us about that, especially on Instagram? Because I feel like Instagram these days has been, and I love Instagram too, but it seems like it's been a little bit more of a slow burn in the last couple of years. So what can you say to that? It has been. I have to admit this past month has been frustrating me, but that's also normal because a lot of people's New Year's resolutions are to get off social media so much. So eh, those are all faded a little bit and Instagram will be back up. But you also have to adapt. It's not just Instagram. It's TikTok. It's Pinterest. It's YouTube Shorts. It's so many different things. And I could teach you, and I will teach everyone who comes to WPBI, all these little tidbits that are going to be amazing. But you want to know what's going to happen one day. After all your hard work, you'll just decide to post this silly video of your husband who decided to shoot a helium balloon down with a Nerf gun that had a pin in it. And that will get 4 million views in like a week for no effort. And that's what happened to me. If you look at my TikTok, Are you there's a video of my husband. There's all my videos working real hard, being consistent, doing all the things I'm supposed to do. He shoots down a balloon at my daughter's birthday party and it goes viral. Well, I suppose I reap the benefits, so I think wow. that's fine. That's pretty <laughs> It's funny. really infuriating, but that's the truth. Well, that's the frustrating thing about, well, especially TikTok, but that's the frustrating thing about reels or video content in general is that what goes viral is not necessarily what you want to go viral. But but it, you mm-hmm. have really leveraged reels and TikTok though. I've seen you do that. I feel like I saw your following kind of explode when you started to do that. Yes, it did. That was the main way that Instagram was pushing growth. It still is, not nearly as much as before. And that's sort of the thing, one of the little tricks I'll talk about is anytime any social media platform decides to release a new feature, you jump on it because they want that new feature that they probably spent millions of dollars creating. They want it to succeed. So they're going to make it succeed and you can tag along for the ride. Yeah, that's good advice. But what would you say to someone who says, well, I'm never going to make a video. I'm never going to do a reel because I hear that all the time. (laughs) You don't have to. The truth is you don't have to. You don't have to put your face in it. Some of the most successful reels I've seen 
are just cell phone videos of somebody writing a list down and all you see is their hand. Or very successful reels I've seen are just nothing but photographs timed nicely to trending music. You don't have to have a video of you dancing around like an idiot. Although, you know, it's kind of fun to do sometimes. Let loose a little. Yeah, that's true. That's good advice. And it's it's kind of it's entertaining when you see somebody who looks like they're actually having fun with it, which I think is what is it looks like in yours anyway. I am obviously I follow you on Instagram, so I see I feel like you it looks like you're genuinely enjoying what you're doing that you're you, <laughs> <I> so <am. laughs> that makes it a little bit better. So tell me a little bit about your journey to becoming an author. I feel like in our industry, you know, that's not a big it's not something that you see as often. We see educators who become speakers and who get to, you know, work with online webinars and it's it's you know it's mostly that type of content. So what made you mm-hmm. get into the what took you down that path of becoming an author? Oh, you know what? I can't remember. I feel like it's a unique one. Mm. It is because it's so difficult. And if I'm going to be very blunt, it does not make money. Like you don't make money that you can live off of writing books. I mean, maybe if you did a ton of books and you had a really big audience and you're, I don't know, doing TED Talks, perhaps. But in the photography world, you're not going to make your primary source of income on books. For me, I wanted to write the first book that I wrote because I wanted to simplify off-camera flash for photographers who were natural light photographers and had the experience that I did when I walked into a flash photography class or an online course and everyone was speaking French and I just could not understand it. It was so difficult. So I knew I wanted to write that book. And Rocky Nook, we have talked in the past about writing something before. I think I was introduced to them by Roberto Valenzuela. And... I just thought, you know what? This is going to be one that people can have. I think it's a need in the industry, so let's do it. And that took a really long time to write. I've always been a writer. I've written for so many magazines. I did go to that AP English class in high school quite a bit. So <laughs> I, I do know how to write. And then the next three books I released all at once, and they're a collection of all the articles I've written over the years for places like Rangefinder or Shutter Magazine or... I mean, blogs and things like that. It's a credibility thing and a bucket list thing, at least for me. I don't make a ton of money off them at all. I mean, it's like pennies pennies a month. But it's nice to be able to look at my office and see that I have four books that I've written and see other people learn from them. Um, credibility is, it, it's huge credibility. I think that when you see that you've, authored, I mean, would you say four books? Like that's, four, yeah. it, it's a huge accomplishment. I've, I've talked to Rocky Nook before, but always felt really intimidated by the process and heard that it's like birthing a child. I and mean, it takes like years sometimes, yes. right? Like it's, yes. So it's a huge, <laughs> it's, <not easy>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge accomplishment. Well, okay. I'm ping ponging all over the place because there's so many, so many interesting things about you. One thing that I, w- I think that would be really helpful for people is that you have recently moved your business from the mm-hmm. East coast to Texas and moving a business can be a huge task. And some people don't do it with success. What what can you say to that? How has that been? It's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. I have wanted to leave New Jersey. My husband and I have wanted to leave New Jersey probably for, 
I don't know, 10 years, I would say. And we started looking around eight years ago. And then we just got intimidated because it's the scariest thing. And my husband doesn't have a normal job. He's a videographer, so he owns his own business. And he's been doing it even longer than I have. So we both had these really established businesses in New York, New Jersey area that it's just frightening, really daunting to pick up and move. But let me just tell you, I really hate the cold in New Jersey. I know we have beaches and I know it's Jersey Shore sometimes, but for eight months out of the year, you are just cold and cranky and it is raining and it's not nice. Mm -hmm. But we thought we were stuck. So during COVID, you know, one of the good things that happened from the pandemic was all of our business, because it was primarily weddings, went away. I think that year I lost like 82% of my income. Wow. Not lost because it got pushed to the next year. And I think he was around 67%. Wow. I remember having to show it uh, at some point. So it was a huge chunk. And then by the time the end of the year came around, because we had done so much with online video and other aspects, we actually thrived that first year in 2020. And we looked at ourselves, we're like, wait a minute. If we can lose most of our business with zero warning at all, we absolutely can transfer states if we give ourselves enough of a buffer. So we decided to build the house because that would take a year and that's a longer process. And in that year, man, I worked. I messaged people. I cold called people, sent emails. I took trips to Texas just to take people out for coffee or drinks or dinner, sent gifts. Like I really, really very, very much did guerrilla marketing for an entire year. And we were able to move. And it's not its not 100% here. I did have to fly back for a bunch of weddings. I still fly back and I still have my New Jersey-based business and an associate team of photographers there too. But it's starting to even out now. And we're good. We're safe. Like, I feel like I can breathe. And now I can breathe in really nice weather instead of the cold, icy weather getting in my lungs. <laughs> That's such a good story. And you used a phrase that I, I use this phrase too, and I don't know where I heard it. And I'm sure we probably heard it from a similar, I don't know, some some marketing education that we were <laughs> watching. But guerrilla marketing is something that <laughs> is... Um, Let's see, what would be the word that I'm looking for? It's not really as sexy anymore. Everyone thinks that they should be only paying attention to social media and yes. SEO and website and optimization, all that kind of stuff. But the truth for, for myself as well, when I started 13 years ago, social media was a baby. It wasn't, it was new. Mm -hmm. We were, which makes me seem, makes me sound old when I say that, but we were still kind of learning how <laughs> to use it, right? So we had, we did have to be yes. boots on the ground. I was, you know, out making connections with like a yoga studio where I could put my work up and uh, this coffee shop that I ended up right. putting my cards in. So can you explain what guerrilla marketing is a little bit to our listeners so that they understand yes. the concept? And I learned that term. I used to be a marketing intern for Lawn Doctor, you know, like the green thumb logo. Yeah. They uh, yeah. take care of your lawn. Actually, yes, yeah. I do. Just random. Yeah. Yeah, they're a huge franchise. One of my teachers in college worked for them and she just taught this class one night a week. So I was an intern. That's where I learned the concept of guerrilla marketing. And it was funny because back then, again, not really internet, not really social media as much or really at all at that point. It was guerrilla marketing was anything except for direct mail, advertising in the phone book and commercials. <laughs> 
guerrilla marketing was like, oh, that's when we like go somewhere and hand out flyers. Which like, was so expensive. It's really just in person. Yeah. So expensive. Like the, in the old days, yeah, it was maybe 12 years ago or whatever, like that was all your option. All your options were expensive for marketing if you didn't go do this. So expensive. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so really it's in-person marketing. That's what it is. Marketing that's based on face-to-face and based on relationships. So when I moved, you know, it was, I guess, 13 years into my business. And by that point, you know, I've tried every type of marketing, not TV commercials or the phone book, but (laughs) pretty much everything else. And ultimately, I was learning at that point that I enjoyed the weddings where I knew one of the other vendors that was working there. And also, the weddings and jobs that came to me the easiest were the ones that came through a referral, whether it was the hall or the DJ or a friend of a friend. So I was like, you know what? I want to continue this. And in my head, it wasn't, I need to go find business every time I went to Austin. It was, I need to go find my new friends. And that's the way I looked at it. And that's the way I still look at it. Because ultimately, if I'm going to be away from my family on the weekends for weddings or even at nights for portrait shoots, I want to be with people that I like hanging out with. So I want to find my new friends. So that's the way I look at it. Such good advice. If anyone that has heard the the concept of like ideal client or ICA, all of that, that's a better way to look at it. I want to find new friends, people who I actually want to spend time with. It's so mm-hmm. true. So true. Yeah. And spend your money on. You know, if you're going to spend money on marketing, why not spend it on drinks with your friends <laughs> instead of a direct mail campaign? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. And I, I wonder if a direct mail campaign would even work anymore, but who knows? Maybe there are some people who still do that. You never know. Um, so, well, you know what? It's probably working better now because no one does it, so you're going to stand out more. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's the thing that I think people want the easy button, which, you know, sometimes you get it. Sometimes you do, you know, one thing online and it works. But for the most part, it takes a combination of all these different types of marketings to really get uh, your business off the ground to make a name for yourself. Absolutely. So you, It's everything. There's no easy button. Ugh, there's no easy button. The fastest way to an overnight success is 10 to 15 years of hard work, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, speaking about you know your business and how it's kind of, it, it is in two different states, you have an associate team. How does that structure, how does that look? That is new for me, so I don't plan on teaching any classes on it yet, (laughs) but that came out of need. So in 2021, where all the weddings rescheduled, that wasn't available for all the dates, but I didn't want to lose that client. So I just said, okay, if I'm not personally available, then you get my associate team. So I started an associate team out out of necessity, and I have such a great, a great crew. I mean, the people that work for me, I just posted a reel about one of the guys that works with me. He's been with us for, and I say us because he does video also. He's one of those unicorns that can do amazing photo and video. But he works for my husband and I, and he's been with us for the past 12 years. And one of the other girls um, that I had with me, she was, I think, on 13 or 14 years. Uh, I say was, she did pass away actually about a year ago. Oh my gosh. But the... Yeah, super sad story. Super young. We won't go there. You can check it out on my my YouTube. I have a vlog there. (laughs) Has it all in there? But again, it comes to I want to work with family. So I have all these people that I can trust. I've cultivated them over the years, and now they go and photograph weddings for me. It's my way of also appealing to a little bit lower of a budget, still more on the high end, but a lower budget than having me come personally. And it's working pretty well. Pretty well. There's some hiccups. I'm not really great at it yet, but uh, 
I think I'm going to keep it going. There's no reason to throw away all that business in New Jersey. That's for sure. Totally. Well, I think that a common theme about every piece that you have mentioned, whether we be talking about moving or marketing or uh, creating, you know, the content that you are creating for your educational stuff, it's all about relationships for you. It sounds like it is. That's what is that? Seth Godin, your network is your net worth. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it is so true. And that is, you know, back to what we are here for is that that's why you need, you need a community. You need to go to, you need to go out and find it a lot of times too in our industry. And WPPI is a great place to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, what would you say is a reason that somebody should come to WPPI? And I think you've kind of already said it, but I want to maybe just get it a little more concise. I have, I have said it, but Let's put it in a sound bite. You should come to WPPI because it's a place where you're going to meet your next best friend and the place where you're going to find your next best business success. Ah, perfect. Yes. Amen. Did that work? It works. Amen. <laughs> clip I, that and put it in a reel. I love that. I know. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm going to ask you a few questions. This has been such a great conversation, but we can kind of button it up with a few questions. And I want you to share with our listeners what... Mm-hmm is if you had to pick one thing that you can't live without for your photography business, what would that be? Oh, that is so hard it because is. there's so many elements <laughs> that, that make a business successful. But I guess the one thing I could not live without for my business, oh, no, you know what? And just total transparency. You asked me this earlier and I should have been thinking about it and I wasn't. It's and okay. I'm looking around my office okay. right now like, It's a hard huh, question. What do I need? What do I need? I need my camera, obviously, but that's a boring answer. Um, you know what? I need my light, actually. My lights, I can't live without. And that sounds silly because you can take photos with natural light. But once I learned to manipulate flash to create the things that I saw in my mind, now I can't live without it. Like I can't go on a job and not bring some sort of light with me to control my situation. Perfect. That's a great answer. And that will hopefully inspire some to learn about artificial lights. So it's a great answer. Yes. All right. (laughs) If you had to give one piece of advice to someone who is just starting their journey, because I think we're all kind of on the same journey, just different parts of the path, right? What would you say to someone who was just starting? Mm -hmm. Don't do it alone. That is the biggest, the biggest step that I see so many photographers skip is, okay, I want to become a photographer and now I own my own business. Here I go when you will be so much more successful and so much more experienced but not making mistakes in your own business name if you just join a community or work for another photographer or assist 10 photographers and work for a little while. Just don't do it alone. Make sure that you're learning with other people, working for other people, and then you'll have a more fun time too. Uh, yep, amazing. That's great advice. And again, we've sort of been, you know, talking about this throughout, but we all know, I think those of us that have been in here a long time, which is kind of what you just said, that you really need a community. You need someone supporting you. This is it can feel very lonely to be a photographer. So tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about how you've cultivated that community for yourself. The community for me is long distance. So I make all these friends at the trade shows or get all the connections with businesses. But ultimately, I'm still like right now in my office by myself and all of my friends are all over the world. So the way to cultivate the community 
is to make sure that you are the one that's reaching out. So whether that means you reach out to somebody in a party at WPPI because you notice they're by themselves, or even if they're in a group of two or three and you're by yourself, just get in there, start a conversation, pretend you're not shy, pretend you're not that wallflower that hangs out behind the camera, and just go cultivate relationships. And then make sure that you strengthen them and work on them and connect throughout the year. Perfect. All right. Well, before we we part ways, what are you working on right now? What is going on in your in your business, in your education, all of that that you'd like people to know about? I recently started a photography community. I guess that probably would have been something to say before, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I started um, a photo community. You can find out about it on thephotoinsiders.com. So it's called Photo Insiders. And that's what I'm working on, creating a community where we all support each other. Obviously, I'm giving educational videos and online things. But the thing I'm most looking forward to actually are the meetups that we're going to have at trade shows. And I'll be planning a meetup with all my photo insiders at WPPI too. So Amazing. Like a membership. Cultivating the community everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's a membership site for the education community, vendor discounts. I think we're pretty familiar with all that mm-hmm. fun stuff there. But I'm just excited to meet everyone in person when we, when we go. Great. And where would you like people to find you? You can find me, vanessajoy.com. It's probably the easiest. I think I would say I hang out the most on Instagram. So I'm at Vanessa Joy there. And of course, YouTube is where you can get all the education. Yes. If you aren't following her on Instagram, I highly recommend going to do that right now because it's <laughs> very informative, but also very entertaining and cute. So definitely go do that immediately. Well, thank you, Vanessa, so much. That was, I think that so much information we packed into that bit of time and it'll be very inspiring and informative for everybody. And don't forget that you can see Vanessa speak at WPPI this year. So don't miss it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the WPPI podcast. We will be releasing new episodes every single Wednesday. So make sure that you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to tune in so you never miss an episode. See you soon.